Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Hello there. Welcome <laughs> to another one of those Electric Head podcasts, what we do. I'm Al Ronald. And I am John <laughs> Barleycorn. You almost missed your cue there, John. Oh, I'm John oh, Barleycorn. Yeah, how you been, right. John? Very well, thank you. I've been living in the woods, so I've been living inside a tree. I've been listening to that science. He's going on about those oh. trees and that. Do you know we they know. feel pain? It's probably not going to be too happy with you fumbling around inside it. No, it's all right. We, we've got a symbiotic relationship, me and this tree. I just okay. live in it. Yeah, it's got a big hole in it, and I just live inside the hole there. But what I do is I fend off any 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 bark chewers that are coming, coming along. you got to be careful with those bark chewers. got to watch out. Yeah, that's that's true. My, yeah. uh, my great uncle used to be a, one of the most famous bark chewers. Oh, yeah. not, uh, he used to go around the New Forest. Uh, that was yeah, his not, job not to. Bernard Barkin, was it? No, no. Bernard Barkin was his mentor. Oh, um, right. He used to work alongside Bernard Barkin for quite some time. Oh, uh, but then he kind of went, that. my great uncle, I think I take after him a bit because his barking technique was very, uh, is a bit avant garde, I think, because he right. used to use his back teeth instead of his front teeth. Right, yeah. Which meant he had to get his whole jaw around the tree. Yeah, it's quite um, tricky. Like, you, you, a lot of people only start off then with very small trees, the little the little saplings. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you can get your mouth around those quite easily. But Bernard Barkin, you see, he had these big two fangs that he looked like Nosferatu. Yeah, they, they used to, bonsai trees is usually where the starters begin. Right, yeah. That's um, right. He he used to come round uh, to my uncle's house. I've heard stories where yeah. he bring his bring the little bonsai tree round, and he'd be like, "All right, son, uh, give a just get your nashers round that bonsai and get the bark off it." And he'd be like, hours he'd spend doing that. Right, uh, and that's where he got the technique to use his back teeth instead well, of see, his front teeth. This is the thing, as you can probably see, I'm very I'm tiny. Yeah, uh, yeah. I actually, when I say I'm living inside, oh, the tree, I should say I, that this is uh, this is bonsai. audio, so I should explain to our listeners that you're only how how tall are you? I'm only two inches tall. Two inches, yeah. You yeah, look I, you look smaller on webcam, but yeah. Yeah, and I live inches. inside a, a bonsai tree. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so and that's what happened to me. That's why you see, I did. I used to be four inches tall. Then I got my legs chewed off by some bastard. Chew- hey, hang on a minute. That's probably your. No, 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 that's way too early. No, but I do. Where, where is your bonsai situated? Uh, Japan. It's actually in a zen, in a Zen garden. I'm now. I'm. I'm calling you from uh, the middle of Tokyo. A little Zen garden. Oh well, that's probably. There's some very famous Japanese bark tours. Oh yeah, there's uh, there's K- K- Kimishabi. Yes, he's probably the most famous. Yeah, he, uh, well, they said shabby, but he wasn't too shabby when it came to the old <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Now, he had, a, he had a great pair of gnashes on him. Okay. I'm not sure I can do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> want to get on with the podcast? Yeah, I think we should probably Sorry. move on. I think you better get over here. It's all right. He's, uh, he's come over to, he's in Tokyo, you see. So, well, I. Welcome to the latest episode of Bark Chewers, the podcast. <laughs> oh, hi, Al. I'm, I'm back. Yeah, I was just doing my... Um, it's my, too late. My... It's too late. We're starting. Sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> Bye. Oh, you hear that sound? That, you hear that distinctive noise? You hear it? Hardy, 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 it's me, it's Captain Wester, I can't come again. Uh, it's me, C- Colonel Blubberhill, sir. Flubberhill, oh. That's his new, he's trying a new catchphrase. Flubberhill, he says. Oh, that's my, my, isn't my second head a treat? Anyway, hey boys, have you fancied thinking about maybe perchance possibly whipping away this week? Gonna whip away with us, laddies. Hi, side. Do you mind if I? I know we. Yeah. I know usually we we tend to discuss. Uh, some of the places we might like to visit, yeah. uh, but this one I haven't really told you about because it's a little bit embarrassing. So, right, okay. uh, but I've always wanted. I want to go back to the 1950s, and I want to visit one of the most um, well-known, prestigious film sets. Because uh, you know I'm such a big film fan. Yeah. Uh, 
Oh, I think I know where he's going with this. Do you, Si? I think I've worked out. <laughs> I've absolutely no idea. Which it's is, pretty uh, obvious to me. Slightly worrying. Uh, you want to go me. back to that old, uh, you know, that old advert you're so fond of. That, yeah, he's right. That is it. I really want to go back to the 1950s to visit the set of the PG Tips monkey adverts. I just right. think okay. absolutely fascinating. Is that okay? We can take you there. I know exactly where they're filming. Ah. And I can get you in. I got you a special security pass and everything. It's got a We've picture of a monkey. We've been there before, lads. Come they're on. always popping in there. Oh, it's such a laugh. Probably quite cruel. But they didn't know that at the time, did no, they? They didn't. They didn't. All right, Sai. Right, okay. I hope they're not hurting any of the monkeys. Just make I don't sure. I think you... they will be. I'm just really excited to see a monkey in a suit, or maybe carrying a piano. I don't know what I'm going to see. It's going to be, I'm, gonna I'm be sure wonderful. All right, Mr. Ronald, here we go. Oh. We're going to whip away. Uh, whip away. To the set of the chimpanzees, my lads. Very good, Colonel. Very good. Right. Here we are, Mr. Ronald. God, that was quick, wasn't it? Blimey, these old... It's only uh, the 50s. It's just around the corner. Yeah, not far to go, really. Right. Yeah, no, if I'm... I'm ready. I've never been more ready. I'm so... Off you go, then. Right. Right, let's get rid of him. Come on, let's go and have some rum. Right, uh, okay, folks, I am outside a film studio somewhere in England. Not exactly sure where, but I'm just going to go up to the door and see if they'll let me in with this monkey pass that Captain Westermacott gave me. Hello there, uh, I am here to visit the set of the PG Tips monkey advert. Yeah, uh, I'm afraid that's a close set, so you won't be able to, you won't be able to get on there. Are you... Oh. Oh, you're a chimpanzee? Yeah, I've got the uh, my monkey pass here, if you have a look. Right. Oh, yeah, that does look a bit like you. Yeah, yeah, you're quite quite hairy, aren't you? You've got yeah, those, yeah. Show me those ears. Show me those ears there. Yeah, That's it. Yeah. yeah. Give me a little uh, monkey waddle, a little dance around. Yeah, that's fine, that's fine, son. Yeah, in you go. Oh, you. In you go. Yeah. Okay, okay. They're, uh, on, they're on stage number number five. Okay, I'll head to stage. Oh, there's stage. That's right round the corner. Oh, okay, just there. Just round the corner. Round the corner there. The red lights on. I better not knock too loud. Uh, I'm just going to knock anyway. I don't have all day. Hello. Um. Yes. Hello. 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 Uh, are you? Are you... Oh, you're here for the... Yo, you must be the... Yes, yes, come on. In, in, come. Yeah, pop this suit on, will you? Um, Quickly. Quickly now. We haven't got much time. Yes, pop yeah, it on. Yeah. That's, that's a bit it. small. It's that's very... Uh, Jeff, give him a poke with a stick, will you? Get him... Get him... Get him... Careful, that's my... Poke him with a stick, Jeff. Poke him with a stick. That's nope. it. Yeah, uh, yeah. This uh, suit really is quite... Sort of sorry, sorry. Can I just ask, what, who are you? What's going on? I'm Right, I'm directing the... It doesn't matter what's going on. Right. No one asks the questions around. I ask the questions. If I say a question, you answer the question. If I don't ask a question, then you don't answer it. If, do, you, do you get where I'm coming from? I, I understand, yeah. yeah that's, it's small. Now. Now uh, I feel like this suit me. might have been made for a child. Yes, no, this suit was made specifically for you. Now, sit down in that chair, please. Yeah. Um, this yeah, is I want baby's to drink chair. This. Yes, this, yes, that's right. I want to strap him in, Jeff, will you? Yeah, oh, strap him in. It's really very, very small. He won't be getting out of there in a hurry. <laughs> right, now, what we want you to do is, um, Jeff, bring him the scalding hot cup of tea, will you? Yeah, oh, just, it's on the boil now. It's on the boil now. Yeah, so what we want you to do is we want you to drink this scalding hot cup of tea, and then you're going to smack your lips and say how absolutely delicious it is, but you're going to do it in chimpanzee-ish. Uh, your monkey monkey language oh, so you want me to to portray a monkey are you asking me a question no Remember what I said? you don't ask the questions <laughs> i ask the questions if yes. i want a question answered i'll ask it if i yes do you see yeah that's yes right. bring him the scalding hot tea jeff Ooh. pour it down his throat down his throat jeff that's it. now looks like you're enjoying it look like you're enjoying it and cameras rolling and action that's it now it's, it's a what a lovely what a lovely spot of tea. <laughs> uh, cut, 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 cut. That's not chimpanzee-ish, is that? That's English. You need to do it in chimpanzee-ish. If you're, we'll, if, don't worry about We'll subtitle it later. It's fine. Right. Jeff, get the scalding hot tea. Pour it down his throat. Here we go. Uh, Cat was oh, oh, And action. Here we go. <laughs> 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 I've been sick. I've been oh, sick. Oh, and there's oh, some blood in it. Uh, 
This is this is really bad. Yes, this isn't good at all. Oh, look, Jeff, you burnt his face for God's sake. Look at all those blisters all around his mouth. Sandra, Sandra. Yes, yes. Could you get over here? Could you stick some some fur around his face there just to cover up blisters? This isn't a question. Uh, I just, I really wanted to meet Keep one of... Keep your mouth closed, please. Keep your mouth closed, please. And sticking this on with the super glue. That's it, Come on, the boosters. That's the way. Give him a poke with a stick, Jeff. Right. Get, get the scalding hot tea, Jeff. Right now. Camera's rolling and action. This is beats. I keep going. Yeah, keep going. Mm. Yes, it's in the can. Brilliant performance. Well done. Um, Jeff, if you could... Uh, can you unstrap him from that chair? Oh, I'm afraid I've done it up a bit too tight. What with the super glue's gone on? It's all stuck together. He's stuck in a chair. Oh, well. Oh, 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 I can breathe. Oh, oh, I, I, I just wondered if yeah. I could meet one of the famous monkeys. Would you like a banana? Yes, would please. Like done very well. Would you like I a banana? Would, I would, would love you a, like banana? a banana. Yes, a big please. banana. Yes, yeah, okay. Yes, take him off to the uh, banana um, room, will you? Yeah. Okay. I'll carry him off now. Here you go. You don't, don't need to carry me. You don't need to carry yeah, me. I can dude, walk. I'm, I'm stuck a man. In the chair, aren't you? You stupid idiot. Oh yeah. Right. No, we'll put him in there. You, you'll meet all the other chimps in there. All of oh, them. oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. What, what is it? What is it? Do they not speak English? Are you asking questions? Are you asking me? You don't ask questions. The chimps don't ask the questions. Yeah, I'm locking the door up. We do. We do speak English. We do. We're all scolded. Oh my God! Are you okay? No, we don't. They got. They stole us from our jungle home, and then they put us here. And then they started pouring up, boiling up, tea down. If they ever pianos up the stairs, did they? Well, they made us. One of the pianos, look at Fred. His flat's a pancake. One of the pianos fell on top of him. Can you help us escape? You you know yeah, I was going to say, I know exactly what you're going through, and this is going to be the PG Tip Monkeys revolution here and now. <laughs> you and I, we're going to break these doors out. We're going to run out of the studio and I'm going to take you to the year 2020 where you can be free. Please, yes, please. Okay. Uh, has anyone here got a plan of how to get out of this door? Oh, wait, when does Jeff come back? When he does, we'll ambush him. Can you do that if everyone... Uh, uh, what was your name, Mr. Monkey? My name's Peter. Peter, Peter, if you pretend to be hurt and start screaming as if you're injured, then Jeff will come in. I don't care. Once you're locked in the banana room, that's it. They get yeah, through about but, 20 monkeys a day, you know? You're forgetting, though, Peter. If you threaten to go to the monkey union, then they'll have to come in. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. I'll start banging on the door. Oh, I'm not feeling well. I'll go to the monkey union. Peter, louder, Peter, louder. <laughs> I'm not feeling well. I'll go okay. to the monkey union. Here he comes. What's all this racket about? Sandra, Sandra, Steve, quick, get him. Oh, you really? It's okay. You've broken. You've broken it. You've. Oh my God! This. You've murdered him. Quick! We have to go. And the alarms are going. They're. They're alarms. Follow me. Let's kill them all. Let's kill them. Well, maybe kill the director. Uh, is everything all right? Oh, oh my! Don't rip his face! Oh my God! This is horrific! Everyone, come with me! Come with me! Are you all right down there, Mr. Ronald? Are you leading a chip revolution? Are you? I am, Captain. Throw him down the rope ladder. They'll be able to climb up there. Take, take the monkeys first. Take the monkeys first. Quick, the direct still chasing after us. Break me up. You bloody monkeys, you're paid for this. All of you, you've ripped my bloody face off, you fucking chimps. All right, we fair go here, Mr. Ronald. It's time with all these monkeys aboard to whip back. Whip back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, right here we are. Uh, Colonel, chuck all those monkeys off this side, will ya? 
Thanks, guys. You've done a great thing here. I will see you next week. I'm going to. Soy Ronald. Give me a kiss. Both cheeks. Okay, bye. It's in his four. What's his problem? Oh. Hey, uh, Al, what are all these? <laughs> <laughs> what are all these chimpanzees? <laughs> these are all my new monkey friends. These are the PG Tips monkeys from the 1950s. I saved them all. Well, what's happened to your face? It looks like you've got super glue and blisters all over your face. And... Do you know those adverts? They're not as fun as you think. Just ask these guys. It's basically a torture chamber. They're all kind of covered in blood and stuff, these monkeys. Right, why don't we all just have a nice cup of tea and uh, Steve or Peter? Che, che, get him! Science. <laughs> I'll do it again. Science turning facts into fiction what that's not true <laughs> at all sorry and i'm telling you what what, what we're doing is we i'll, I'll rectify it science turning fiction into facts yeah now you're talking we're turning what, what you might dream of uh you know in look at tolkien he, dre- he dreamt up the ents uh the talking trees and we are just we're gonna go there now first of all i've got a little intro for you yeah. um let me take you, Al, into the forest. Come with me. Yep, I'm in the okay. forest. It's oh, it's... Of the forest. Or was that next week's intro? Oh, no, it's not. Okay. I'm in the uh, forest. Did you know, burrow down into the ground here, into the forest floor. Nose first, okay. Yeah. Stick your face deep into the soil, into the into oh. that lovely... That's Breathe amazing. in. Breathe out. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Do you know, we know less about the realm of darkness... That is the soil beneath our feet than we do about the ocean floor. Yet half the biomass of a forest is hidden there. There are more life forms in a handful of forest soil than there are people on the planet. This is true. It's, it's the delivery that's making me laugh. The forest. <laughs> the beginning of Lord of the Rings. I like it. The forest teems with life. Stop, Al. Lay down on the soil. Looking up at the shimmering emerald canopy. Just get my Listen. clothes on. Listen. Let's come for you. Can you hear? It's whispering. <laughs> oh, that's, just the, that's just the intro. What's whispering? Well, here we go, right? So. was it an intro. That was a uh, carry on. Can trees talk? This is the question. Now, uh what do you think is when we talk about trees talking are they you know are they are they getting you know sending gas out to warn other trees all this kind of things uh well you see they do send gas out to warn but also there is a wood wide web chemical and electrical impulses are sent through the fungal network uh which are you is, trying to make uh, this sound cool and modern for all the kids listening that's it yeah connecting roots fungi operate like fiber optic internet cables transmitting signals from one tree to the next but that's not what we think about when we're talking about talking is it we think about oh yeah but they can't talk can they we can't hear them actually talking well that's where you're wrong trees <laughs> <laughs> who are you talking to <laughs> <laughs> no you can't <laughs> Trees are not silent. Latest scientific research has discovered that roots crackle at a frequency of 220 hertz. Even when they're not on fire. They, yes, this is true. They listen and they hear. And when they hear crackling, seedlings orientate their root tips in that direction. So trees actually talk (laughs) and hear each other. And did you ever read a story by Roald Dahl? Uh, this I found this really disturbing as a kid. I'm going off track slightly. Called the sound machine. Uh, in that, a guy invents a machine where he can hear cut roses, and then he takes an axe to a beech tree. And this is I'm going to read you a bit from it. Okay, so the blade cut deep into the wood and stuck there. And at the instant of impact, he heard a most extraordinary sound in the earphones—a harsh, 
noteless, enormous noise, a growling, low-pitched screaming sound, drawn out like a sob, lasting for fully a minute. Is that me listening to science? <laughs> that is... <laughs> <laughs> but that, that was a story by Roald Dahl, but studies by scientists at the Swiss Federal Institute... For forests, I thought it was going to that three times fast. Studies for scientists at the Swiss Federal <laughs> Institute for Forest, Snow, Landscape and Landscape Research have shown that if they're deprived of water, trees scream through ultrasonic vibrations. Isn't that awful? That's that's incredible that they do. Not only have we discovered they think, they talk, they communicate, um, but on a positive note. <laughs> That was a dramatic point. <laughs> if they communicate through sound waves, we might one day be able to talk to trees. Think what would they that. say, do you think? What would they say? Oh, stop chopping us down, you <laughs> bastards. <laughs> but here, love, I'm talking about, we talked about this before, love and friendship in tree society. This is the amazing thing, okay? So this is a beautiful bit now. So no laughing, no innuendos. Beaches, right? Pump sugar to stumps <laughs> to keep them alive. When was they, the last time you pumped sugar to your stump? <laughs> Jesus, here we go. But you, don't, <laughs> don't bring it down to your level. Sorry, sorry carry on. Make, it, make it beautiful. They exchange nutrients in times of uh, need. Beach communities equalize the differences between uh, weak and strong trees by synchronizing rate of photosynthesis and the optimal division of nutrients and water. Um, and obviously they can distinguish their own roots, beech tree roots from the roots of other species, uh, showing recognition. But isn't that beautiful? Yeah. It is. I'm agreeing. Yes. So now, and now we're going to get to the big one. Yeah, I'm waiting. This is the thing. I, I, I agree, but no, I'm trees, waiting for the finale. Trees can think. Trees can talk. Trees can feel. Trees have friendship. We've proven all these things. Can trees walk? I'm going to think. L let's find out. Let's find out. Yes. Right. <laughs> Why did yeah. I? Because you wouldn't have brought it up if the answer right. is yes. no. So, banana trees, they're very, very slow, but they walk up to 40 centimetres during their life. <laughs> so, <laughs> Uh, Have you ever got stuck on the pavement behind a banana tree? Uh, Especially on the tube, on the underground. Don't yeah, you? and you don't want to be rude and walk past it because no, you know it, it can't go any faster. Yeah, yeah, it's really awful. Yeah, I saw one with a wheelie case the other day, banana trees, off uh, Yeah, uh, off on holiday. But, Heading uh, for Archway is where they usually go. Yeah, they love it. I though. don't know why they go off at Archway. Why do they go there? No, it's like it's a big banana forest there now, if you go there. That's Is why. It? Well, I haven't yeah, been yeah. there for a while. Due yeah, to yeah, banana trees everywhere. Um, yeah, but the shoots grow along the ground as opposed to down, and they pull the whole tree along. But this is going to get you, this one. Mm -hmm. The fastest sprinters in the 300-yard dash in the tree Olympics, okay, is the walking palm from Ecuador. Okay. okay. How now, fast can the walking palm go? Oh, listen to this, right? So the banana tree, 40 centimetres during their life. That's that's not yeah. a lot, okay? The walking palm from Ecuador, it splits its trunk into many different roots, which sit above the ground like um, lots of legs. So it looks like mm. it's got little tree legs, right? And as they grow, the palm moves from shade to sunlight. They move across the forest sometimes two or three centimetres per day. <laughs> okay? that, that's pretty fast for a tree. That's 20 metres a year. Uh, unfortunately, it's not fast enough to escape chainsaws and machetes. Yeah. But, that's that's uh, fairly fast for a tree, though. It's pretty fast for a tree. The Do you know that I own an immortal plant? I did not know that. Sorry, um, I might I do own an immortal plant. Well, it's funny enough, because uh, next time we, we will be looking at uh, plants, and we'll be looking at, uh, there, there is a plant called a resurrection plant. I haven't researched that one yet. Is that the flower of Jericho? That's what I have. Is it? Or maybe that is the resurrection I think it's plant. a flower of, Rose of Jericho, I think it's called. Right, let me write that down here, because I might and have And it's like a little ball, and it completely dries out. In fact, I had it in a bag in a cupboard, 
for about 10 years and it when i took yeah. it out it was just a dusty brown ball yeah put some water on it flowers out green and then you take the water away turns into a dusty ball again and you can do it as many times as you want isn't that incredible yeah that must be the resurrection plant because i i, I don't know for sure but we'll have to well cross-reference that um but yeah there's some amazing uh, things i mean trees are incredible i i didn't know all those things about um trees um well, now you do. As now you, I, do. I got, do you know what? I quite enjoyed that science. I'm not going to lie. It's good, yeah. Because I think it yeah. was snappy. It was short. It was informative. It was funny. We got oh. slow trees, fast trees. Ladies uh, and gentlemen, I'm, trees, I'm feeling really trees. good right now. The patterns ended with Al thinking I'd gone insane and me, me maybe, laughing maybe hysterically. Maybe the low bar of patterns just made me enjoy trees more. Low <laughs> so bar. That was the highest bar I'd set myself. Next time we are going to be looking at some uh yeah some really lovely interesting plants the living stone and then we're going to be looking at as well the tide of red death coming up on on science <laughs> i look forward to that is, <laughs> is vincent price going to be here <laughs> vincent price is coming yeah <laughs> i look forward to it <laughs> Top five. Top five. Where Al and Sai think of five things that they like. <laughs> that they count on their fingers. A one, two, three, four, five. They never come up with five. It's always more or less. Top five. <laughs> <laughs> we've really got to work on that jingle man. <laughs> i don't know i quite liked it yeah so si what top five would you like this week Ooh, well as you know i've we were we were looking at um cryptozoological creatures recently and things well not that recently but uh, a little while ago and uh i was um thinking monsters i monsters. love monsters monsters boy. well see this is a tricky one though isn't it because Okay, so instantly the sort of ones that come to my head as a favourite monster would be Frankenstein. However, yeah, of course, Frankenstein's monster not really a monster. In the it depends what you define as a monster. It's really hard, isn't it? Yeah, because to be honest, in, in actual truth, the the biggest monster is a human being, <laughs> isn't it? Let's face it, there are no monsters apart uh, uh, apart from humans. It wasn't it? the planes that shot him down. It was beauty killed it was the beauty beast. Beauty killed the beast. Yeah, exactly. Possibly the greatest line, the greatest Ooh. end line. And that was a that was a that was a, a monster flick. But then again, you say five best to... end lines in movies. That's right. Yeah, that. definitely. But when so they say, but when they say uh, a monster like you describe somebody who's done something awful in the press, he says, "Oh, he's a monster. He's a monster." To be honest, I mean, King Kong wasn't a monster. Was he? He was, he was lovely. I mean, they they nicked him. They brought him over. They put him on show. They chained him up. Exactly. What did they bloody expect? They got what they <laughs> deserved, didn't they? I'm always on the side of the monster myself. Uh, yeah. So there we go. Go on. It's, uh, that was our top five. There are no monsters. There Human- are no monsters. Humanity. Only humanity. All- <laughs> okay, but- so number one is humanity. Uh, yeah. What about the other four? <laughs> so my, my one I've got, uh, I think we mentioned briefly before when we were talking about my problem that I had with the turkey uh, chasing me around is Agrajag who is uh, from uh, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I don't know, by Douglas Adams, if no one's ever read it. And what's funny about this uh, this monster is that he's he's reincarnated. Well, when Arthur Dent finally meets him properly, he's a kind of monstery bat weird thing living in a cave, isn't he? Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, but it, actually, he's he's uh, he's reincarnated. And in every, each one of his lives, he's killed by Arthur Dent accidentally. He says an ant and he steps on him, or he's yeah. a fish he hooks up and he leaves... Uh, on the side of his plate he doesn't want to eat it and it dies and uh, it's brilliant yeah all these awful things happen to him and in one of the ones actually because there's another monster i wanted to mention agrajag uh poor old agrajag gets eaten by the ravenous bug bladder beast of trial oh, that, that's a good one that's yeah a great monster, although um we don't really know what it even looks like do we no Not no really. but that's that's a, it's just such a great title, the ravenous bug bladder beast of trial, isn't it? Yeah, that's it's a like good the one. Pan Galactic Gargle Blaster is the one drink you want to go in an order. Douglas Adams just had a way with names, I think. I think yeah. that one that one makes my top four as well. Top four as it is with humanity as we know being number yeah. one. That's a good one. What about Godzilla? 
Oh, yeah, Godzilla's a, a classic. But he's a goodie, right? He's an anti-hero. Sometimes, sometimes. Yeah. It depends. I guess in the, in the original movie, he wasn't, was he? Not uh, really, but again, he's kind of just an animal. And again, created by humanity. So who's the real monster? Yeah, it's humanity again. Humanity again, isn't it? Yeah, I like, uh, I've, I've enjoyed the Godzilla films I've seen. Even the one from the 90s I, I quite enjoyed. I love monster flicks. Well, but... oh, that's been the last episode of the <laughs> <laughs> No, but I mean, when I was a kid, it was Ray Harryhausen. Um, they were the best monsters on TV. You had Medusa and... Set of monsters. They were the best monsters, the Cyclops in Ray Harryhausen, Cyclops, all those ones. I was trying to think of a monster. I'm a big fan of the original Lost in Space series, and there are so many good monsters in that show. Like evil plant monsters and uh, endless ridiculous... You might be able to help me out, actually, Al. I've got an action figure here that I think might be from Lost in Space. Uh yeah, I'll dig it out. Maybe I'll dig it out for uh, for 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 next show. But I don't know where the action figure came from. You might recognise it. Um, Interesting. What yeah. about? I'm holding up an action figure now. You can't see it at home, but that's a good monster. Oh yeah, that's one of my favourite monsters. Feed me, Seymour. Yeah, Audrey Two from Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah, is that Shop a monster though? Again, well, it's an alien. I guess it is an alien plant, yeah. isn't it? But we will yeah. be looking at, um, yeah, in, in science, as I was excited about, we will be <laughs> looking on. at, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, flesh-eating uh, plants, So, so which which that is one of. But that's just their nature, right? So, yeah. Uh, so who else is on your list? Go on. Give us so, a quick rundown of some yeah, of the choices. I've got a load, of, uh, a load here. So it's difficult. Uh, Cthulhu, obviously. Uh, the, the Cenobites from um, Hell, Hellraiser. Pinhead and the Chatterer. I love that. They're great monstrous figures. Abe Sapien from Hellboy is a monster I really love. Yeah, again, not really a monster. He's a lovely chap, isn't he? And he's helping out humanity, um, I guess. uh, The the Cyclops producer, obviously. um, Gollum. Yeah, again. He is. Is he a monster? Yeah, he's kind of a monster. He's become become a monster. Yeah. What about the Marshmallow Man? Oh, I didn't have the Marshmallow Man down. I mean, is that a monster, though? It's kind of a... It's kind of been happening supernaturally, isn't it? Yeah. Um, It's monstrous, perhaps. I tell you what one of the best monsters in history is, is the giant claw from the movie. The giant claw. Yeah, now this was... uh, You did a... a ludophonic workshop with the giant claw and i missed that one sadly I was, if uh, anyone out there hasn't seen the giant claw uh just watch i mean you only really need to watch the trailer to get the full benefit yeah, of the movie yeah i have seen it i've seen yeah it's uh, uh but just have a look at the trailer for the giant claw now that's a monster it's like a big bold turkey <laughs> right some of those old 50s movies though they have like there's the one uh i've forgotten the name of it off the top of my head with the gorilla with the the space helmet on which was like a combination of low budget costumes that they mushed together just to right. come up with something new uh it came from another world i think is a giant carrot oh really, really actually you've just reminded me of one which was uh in doctor who with tom baker the brain of morbius that's now, a good Mor- one morbius becomes a monster he's got a space helmet type thing on hasn't he uh, he's basically got a big fishbowl sphere thing with, yeah. a, with what always to me looked like a horn sticking out and going but I tell you actually my favourite monsters probably um, Lordy uh, winners of the Eurovision Song Cost- Contest 2007 and they are real Scandinavian monsters that have formed a metal band so what's not to love they're re- real monsters. They are real monsters. Okay, yeah. Yes. Okay. If you've, uh, but you know, they've never shown their faces. Uh, they claim to be real monsters. Who Is just that help. true? Yeah, yeah, that's true. No one knows what they look like. No one's if, ever seen them backstage. If, if you of. look, uh, if you look online, you won't find any pictures of Lordy. They they won't allow it um, because they're real monsters and mummies and they play music. So that's quite exciting. And that I tell you what, uh, cool. every time I've seen them live, uh, I imagine that a portal is opening and that the monsters are coming through to play some rock and roll tunes and then going back again. And, you know, 
maybe they're not monsters under there, but I choose. But to that makes you happy, doesn't that it? They are. Yeah, I, I like to, I like to, I like to live in my own delusion as well. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they're pretty good monsters because there's not many monsters you can have a cigarette with out the back of a venue, is there? It's true. Yeah, you can you can be a real stage George Johnny hanging around with the monsters out the out the back. Exactly. It's tempting. Biting your arm off. <laughs> just just to hang out with the monster, you know. Um, it's, it's reminding me of actually uh, one of my favourite books or set of books as a child was uh, Amazing Monsters. Uh, Mr. Amazing was a monster specialist, um, and there were many great monsters, the Great Gulper, um, and, and loads of different monsters in that. I, I would recommend people read that to their children if you if you have children. And I've always wanted to adapt that with Al as Mr. Amazing and me as Mr. Grimm. So looking more- forward to that. I'm sold. Sign me up. Yeah, for sure. Excellent. Definitely, yeah. Oh, wait, before we go, Gremlins, they're pretty good monsters. Oh, Gremlins are great monsters, yeah. I was thinking also Jaws, I guess, could be based on monster. That's a But if you if you see Creature from the Black Lagoon, a lot of the shots in Jaws are actually stolen from that original movie. I've actually got an action figure of Creature from the Black Lagoon here that my son got Ruby? me. Yeah, it's a great film if you watch it. But the, the, basically, you've got the woman swimming on the lake and the shot, the underwater shot. Oh, oh I thought you meant the actual footage. Yeah, Spielberg just uh, tinted it and just stopped <laughs> it. The, uh, film. He hand painted <laughs> the footage from Jaws uh, and the creature from the Black Lagoon. Not really monsters, either of them, really. Because Jaws is just doing what comes naturally. Yeah. <laughs> I like and the fact you call it Jaws. The shark is not called Jaws. What is the shark? What's the shark's name? The shark's just a shark. But he must have a name, surely. Sharky? Oh, well, or... on set they called him Bruce. Oh, Bruce. Right, okay. But, uh, you know, it's like Bruce Willis isn't called Die Hard. And uh, the shark isn't no, called is, Jaws. He is called Die Hard. Is he? Yeah, yeah. He's not called Bruce Willis at all. He's changed his name by Depol to Bruce Willis. Uh, his original his birth ball. name was Die Hard. Die Hard, yeah. It's Die as in Diana. Uh, no, it's his he's German, is isn't he? It stands yeah. for The Hard. Diana Hard. <laughs> well, that's the end of this top five. Yeah. Monsters with Diana Hard. <laughs> supernatural. Oh, yes, Supernatural. I kind of lost it there. Yeah, Right. We're going to get straight into this one. Cue the spooky music. There you go. See? I always like that when it comes in. This. Heckles up my spine. Heckles. Heckles. Is that what they call it? Hackles. Hackles. Heckles. Is it a scone? Is it a scum? Schmackles. Whatever they are, they're up. <laughs> they're pointed at you. Little Red Dwarf <laughs> reference there. Uh, okay, this is about the Highgate Vampire. Oh, vampire. So, I don't know. Anyone out there doesn't know Highgate is a Victorian cemetery in London. Yeah, I've uh, been there. I've been to Highgate Cemetery. I think uh, Highgate, is that where Douglas Adams' grave is? Is that Highgate? Is that the one I'm thinking of? And uh, Karl Marx? Uh, yes, Karl Marx is definitely there. Yeah, the, the least funny of Oh, no, the yeah, Douglas Adams is there, yeah. Um, okay. And also, in the other one is... Um, I never really got Karl Marx's humour. Never dirty my towels again. Yeah, he was one of the Marx brothers that they could do so well, really. That's Uh, such a bad joke. Anyway, the Highgate Cemetery... uh, Marx out of ten for that one. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, it's where they put a lot of plague victims. The 1665, the Great Plague. uh, A lot of the victims were basically buried in that area, which is why it ended up being... If you haven't been there, do do Google it, everyone, because there's an amazing uh, bit you can go to yeah you can only go for a tour on one section of it and there's this this white kind of um uh big area with pillars and all these these like uh um i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i've just lost it there. that was a great description you know, what they are tombs you know uh family tombs and different things and yeah it's, it's just really creepy <laughs> you could have just started with it's creepy but yeah it is creepy and a lot of hammer horror stuff was shot there as well which is relevant when you're talking about the highgate vampire. vampire um so barney vampire 
The late 19... I'm just going to ignore that. The late 1960s was the first supposed appearance of the Highgate vampire, and there were reports of a tall, dark figure with hypnotic red eyes. Ooh. Just Chris really out walking his dog. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, so there was lots of... The, the original sighting was apparently published in the paper, and then lots of more uh, stories emerged from that. And people started to report that they were seeing satanic rituals being carried out in Highgate Cemetery as well. So it's all going on in Highgate. Um, and it ended, apparently, with... It, it got so like beg this story in the papers and this is only in the 60s remember that it ended up with mobs of people patrolling Highgate Cemetery with stakes looking for this vampire Um, so it was really like uh, a panic kind of mass panic effect like a witch hunt but with with a vampire yeah poor old (laughs) vampire you gotta feel sorry for him really I know but then Oh, it gets more even more. Uh, two rival investigative groups got into a disagreement about what the creature actually was. And did they stake each other? <laughs> well, wait till you. There's definitely a movie in this. So there were two societies that got involved in this disagreement. There was the British Occult Society, yeah. and there was the British Psychic and Occult Society. Oh my. So it's a, it's a real Monty Python Life of Pride thing there, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? We are the British Psychic and Occult Society. Yes, but we are the originals, just <laughs> occult societies. So here's where it's interesting. Uh, I think David Farrant, I think I've written that, David Farrant, he was the leader, or the spokesperson at least, of the psychic and occult society, who were more about evidence and evidence gathering and, you know, investigation, whereas the British Occult Society was led by a guy called Sean Manchester, who who completely was convinced that it was a vampire. (laughs) Right, good old Sean, I like him already. I know, right? Hey, so, Max, have you got those stakes? Come on, lads! <laughs> <laughs> so Farron, uh, he started an investigation and he stationed members um, of the society where apparently this apparition had appeared. And they, they did all these investigations, found things and took photographs that confirmed, not the vampire, but confirmed that satanic masses were definitely happening in Highgate Cemetery. Uh, And not only that, but he claimed that they were professionally organised satanic masses. Um, And a lot of them were in the catacombs below the cemetery. And they actually found one uh, empty tomb with no coffins in it, but it had magical symbols uh, carved into the marble on the walls. And he says those symbols are only applicable when you're calling forth an entity to an earthly plane. So that's quite interesting. Yeah, I've been to those uh, catacombs. That's the bit I was talking about. Yeah, you can go inside and you see there's rows and rows of, like, um, the, the coffins, you know, um, sort so, of lined up. Apparently, it seems like they go pretty deep, and uh, some of these deep ones were being used for nefarious means. Oh. <laughs> so apparently they Satanic also... Panic! Also <laughs> think they got two sites of the vampire supposed vampire um, however when they were doing these investigations they received threatening letters from satanists uh, and I have one of the letters here that the satanists sent to David Farrant Excellent. and I will read it in an appropriately Christopher Let, Lee just voice. just tell you everybody that this is actually on a flaming piece of paper that Al is holding in his hands and it's written, it appears to be written in blood. I'll tell you, it was written in blood for a start. Right, really it's true. At, at least signed. <laughs> they were signed in blood and adorned with satanic symbols uh, and he says there's no doubt that the people that sent it were genuine satanists and it says I'm going to add the first bit. Dear David, (laughs) by your interference with the work of our high order, you have invoked the wrath of Lord Haddit. Lord Haddit. I've just realised that. You had it. You had it. (laughs) By his element. And we better not slag off Lord Haddit. I don't know how powerful this this stuff is. By his element. (laughs) And the power of the sevenfold cross. I'm a bit nervous reading this letter out loud, I'll be honest. I'm sort of getting a bit spooky. You shall now be destroyed. 
This is decreed by His grace, and this wish will be fulfilled through our order. Be it thus so. Lightning crash. Uh, so, David... At this si- signed off. Lord had it, or...? <laughs> very much. Kiss, kiss, Lord had it. <laughs> Barbara. Barbara um, Jenkins. <laughs> so, uh, but it didn't put uh, uh, Farron or, you know, the occult society off. Both these members, both these societies continued to uh, hunt for the vampire in the in a satanic hotspot. And uh, they apparently they purified the area and I think maybe they sort of teamed up, I'm not really sure, but at some point they started to brick up suspicious crypts with garlic cement. <laughs> that is incredible, I love it. So, garlic cement, so that must have been hard to uh, get together, I'd imagine. Like, well, no, not really, you just crush a load of garlic bulbs yeah. into cement, I'd imagine, and mix it all up. Uh, I think there's a Jamie Oliver uh, book on the... Uh, it's garlic cement! It's garlic cement. It's quite easy. All you got to <laughs> do, get, your gar- get a little bit of garlic, get your pestle and mortar, that's it, pour a bit of cement mix in there, take it out, Bob's your See, You see the suspicious team on your walks, you want a bit of garlic cement just to keep the vampires at bay. Uh, thanks, Jamie. <laughs> but, of course... Uh, tampering with sanctified ground is a very serious criminal offence. Yes. <laughs> and so Farrant was eventually arrested uh, for all of these activities. However, I bet you want to know what happened to Sean Manchester, who was involved in this. Uh, he later claimed that he did in fact stake the vampire in oh, Highgate well, Park. And he wrote a book about it called The Highgate Vampire. And he claims that not only did he stake the vampire, because Sean Manchester is the hero we need, not only did he stake it, but he staked it after it turned into a giant spider. Oh, good old Sean, eh? He knew what he he was doing, didn't he? So that is the story of the Highgate Vampire. Amazing. It's more the story of the people looking for the hype. Yeah, I love the idea of those two groups like skulking around with their backpacks of garlic cement and like fighting each other and arguing <laughs> Sean, over Sean Manchester. Sean Manchester and uh, yeah. It's good. And yeah. I just imagine, you know, after David Farrant was arrested, taken to prison for putting garlic cement on the tombs at Hey, I... but what about the who the person who wrote the letter? What about if that was the chief of police? Oh, uh, uh. Uh, apparently, I'll just say as well. He, they, I've just read this bit now. So apparently, David Farrant, there was so much public interest, which they think is partly because of the Hammer Horror connection, um, that they went with an ITV film crew. Oh, I wonder if that footage is out there. I might yeah, have to. Yeah, it probably is on on um, YouTube. Apparently, it? one of the film crew filming outside, the cameraman clutched his throat and passed out, and then they had to postpone the filming. Uh, and during the interview, he took great care not to use the word vampire because he didn't want to fuel speculation. Uh, but when the show went out on ITV, uh, hundreds of people ended up at Highgate Cemetery, including groups of hooligans carrying makeshift weapons. Uh, and they, they mistakenly heard that this guy uh, had announced his plans to stake a vampire through the heart. Uh, which put him as like the front man of the, the mob, basically. Right. Which is probably why he got arrested for using garlic cement. That's a shame. You can imagine there's some some old guy gone out there just for what he's got to visit the grave of like a loved one, and he's he's, <laughs> he's he's very tall and he's wearing a long dark trench coat as you might do on a winter's eve or something, and he's and perhaps he's got some kind of allergy, and his eyes are all red and <laughs> red and puffy. <laughs> And there he is, and he's walking to go to the next thing he knows, there's a group of Sean, Master, Sean yeah. Manchester jumps yeah, like, out. Hey, why don't you get him with the cement once? And they're <laughs> covering him in some... Get him before he turns into a giant spider. And he's, 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 he's like, oh, no, I'm just visiting the grave. No, get off of me. And then the Satanists show up. What yeah, are they doing here? How dare you? Lord had it! Lord had it! (laughs) Oh, no, he's had it. (laughs) (laughs) Anecdotes. 
No, that jingle doesn't work either. Right, this is the portion of the show, just to reiterate, where we tell hilarious anecdotes, or headecdotes, as we like to call them. This week, headache goats, because both stories are connected with goats. No, they're not. Oh, I thought we were getting satanic again there. Oh. But again, just to be... Uh, to make it clear, these are absolutely true to the best of our knowledge. That's my little caveat in case anyone's listening. Completely true. These are completely true stories. And this week uh, is festival season at Hedicdotes, right? Oh, yeah, it is. My my friend and I decided that we would do old school. We were going to hedge dive into Glastonbury. Yeah. Uh, We'd had a few ciders. A guy turned up and he was selling cider and he said, oh, you want some of this old scrumpy do? And uh, we were like, oh, yeah, okay. So we drank a fair bit of that. You want to uh, jump through that hedge, get in. You want to get see see Coily Minogue in there. You can see Coily dancing away, wiggling her little tush in there. (laughs) So we we ran... uh, through the hedges now there's a lot of hedges between this campsite and the festival <laughs> we hadn't planned it we had no gp you know there was no aerial view no gps anyway so we got over the first hedge and then we we're running we got over another it was enormous this hedge i had uh corduroy flares on at the time and they literally ripped to shreds they were just hanging <laughs> off me they were the only clothes i had with me um and we uh anyway we jumped all through the hedges and in the end secure we got that close that security shouted uh came after us and they were shouting after us and then we were so stupid because the guy we were obviously very close we could kind of hear the festival it wasn't just over the next kind of hedge and the guy said you better watch out or we'll set the dogs on you. Have you got the dogs, Pat, to somebody else? There was no sound of dogs at all. But that put the fear of God into me. I thought, oh, God. <laughs> of course. So we gave up. Release uh, the Glastonbury hounds. <laughs> <laughs> so they just, these guys just drove us back to a local pub. And that was it. Yeah, we well. Pub. And anyway, I said to the guy I was with, I said, uh, you know, we, we've got, you know, you know, tomorrow I've got to get back because uh, I've got to get back for my son. I'm, I'm never late for him. Um, and I, ne- I, you know, I never was. I, I made a big thing of it. And uh, so, and then the thing was, he, he'd lost his Land Rover keys. Well, obviously, we just <laughs> jumped through a bunch of bloody hedges. So I was livid. <laughs> I deserved to be. It wasn't his fault. It was a stupid thing to do. But I was like, I can't believe this. Da, 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 da. Got really angry, really upset, and everything at him. And he was like, oh, "I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry." And he and he was like, "Okay." So we ended up walking all the way up the road to a garage in the middle of nowhere, where there were all these locals sat there drinking scrumpy. Uh, so they had nothing to so do. Like during the festival. American Werewolf in London. It was very much like that. Yeah, yeah but no, they were all right. Actually, but they were like, "All right, lads." They could see me with my ripped hippie flares. You know, we looked torn to ribbons. Exactly. Blood pouring down and the guy and, and we explained the situation the guy was like oh it's all right you sit down here calm down calm down ever ever scrumpy it's fine and they said oh, we'll take you back to your land rover and an old bert here he'll hot wire it for you he knows what he's doing it's all right you don't need to worry about that so anyway we had a scrumpy with him we went back they unscrewed all the stuff basically hot wired his land rover in the meantime like and it was quite an expensive landy i think they might have destroyed a couple of bits of it because <laughs> they'd been on the scrumpy and stuff but anyway it was starting um and they said uh, but we didn't need to go until the following morning so they were like oh, why don't you come to the pub with us we'll have a few more ciders i was like oh yeah okay it's all working out. I don't <laughs> tomorrow it's all fine so we went to the pub and this is the this is the henty bit of the story right so we went to the pub and we sat down and uh and we're having a drink with these guys so i i went to go for a wee obviously after all that scrumpy and uh and I, I came back and, uh, and my friend said to me, oh, have you got enough for another um, another pint? Uh, so I, I put my hand in my pocket. And what should I discover in there? His Land Rover keys. <laughs> <laughs> because what I'd done when I was drunk, I'd sensibly thought he's going to lose those. I'll keep them <laughs> safe in my in my pocket. 
And the pocket of the flares that I had was really tight, like pocket. But all that time, I'd never thought to put my hand in my pocket. And, just, and there I was, shouting and screaming at him and having a real go, really upset. They'd hotwired, they'd ruined his life. How did he react when you the revealed time, it? How just, did you reveal it? I just, no, they saw everyone was at the table. I stuck my hand in my pocket and they all were looking at me. It's one of those moments where they just saw in my face. And I just pulled the keys out slowly and held them up. <laughs> and they just, but to be honest, uh, in good humour, everyone pissed themselves laughing. <laughs> well, that's good. Like, that's that, good. That is just so ridiculous. Uh, so you I, never got to the festival then? We never got to the festival. Uh, I've never, ever been. Have you been? You've been to a festival, right? I've been to a few festivals. Hey. I love festivals. I, I could live uh, I I can't stand them. Really? Yeah, just get so i used to like them when i was younger yeah yeah but now i'm just like it's a terrible place to see a band (laughs) yeah fair enough and i think it's uncomfortable and i do have good festival stories from working with progress uh because we did like midnight shows over download festival and sonosphere and things like that yeah yeah i'll tell some of my well i told you my uh anthrax belladonna shake story this is a great story yeah yeah but before that when I was younger, maybe, I don't know, probably not old enough to be at festivals, but I was a very convincing young man and I was very nice to my parents and told them I very much would behave myself at a festival. <laughs> the fools. <laughs> uh, so I did get to go to, I think, I don't know what age I was, but yeah, probably not old enough. But anyway, I think it was it was either the Reading or Leeds Festival. I can't remember which one. I think it was Leeds. And uh you know, uh, I didn't have much experience with drinking, really, to the level that a festival requires. <laughs> uh, so I had a pretty rough evening that I don't recall much of, uh, right. but I'm sure it was very good fun. But you know how hard it is to find your tent at a festival. Yeah. So I woke up. hammered as well, tripping over the guy ropes. And so uh, I woke up. I went for a nap somewhere. That's all I can say. Went for a nap somewhere under the stars because I didn't know where my tent was. I probably sat around a fire and had a drink with a stranger and all that kind of stuff. And I'd lost all my friends hours ago. So this was in the evening, you know, pretty late at night. So it probably yeah. got to like maybe two in the morning, something like that. And I was just so tired that I thought... You get cold was... about that time as yeah. well. That's when it's it like, starts I'm getting just going to have a nap here. And uh, I didn't know where it was, but it was comfy enough for a quick power nap. So I woke up from this power nap and it had rained while I was asleep. And so at this particular festival, I was wearing a sort of... uh, Sarong? Like (laughs) a a hessian kind of fluffy shirt. Like a kind of white kind of hippie shirt with little embroidery and stuff on it okay it sounds um, quite cool to me yeah I, I don't know you've probably <laughs> seen it in I'm, I'm, no, I'm no style guru <laughs> <laughs> so I, i'm wearing this you know ornate white shirt and i've i had some like brown shorts on that were kind of knee length shorts that were a bit they were a bit ripped at the bottom and a bit tatty and i had on uh, i believe i may have had some sandals and i'm not sure if they were my sandals or if i'd procured these sandals over the course of the evening because i don't remember ever owning a pair of sandals <laughs> but anyway i woke up and it had rained so i was utterly drenched in this stuff and oh. so the shirt had kind of become this long almost like a sort of dress kind of like it just picture it so well you're looking all bedraggled in this like long white dress so i start walking (laughs) back to try and find my tent through this labyrinth of tents and it's that thing of every time you think you're close you're not it's like it's like the film labyrinth where the little creature turns the arrow around it's like that i've done that but it goes on forever but when you finally do find your tent there is a a sense of great relief it must be (laughs) on the way back again i'd had quite a bit to drink at this stage as you could tell the bedraggled me is walking through and there's this circle of people like maybe i don't know how many it's a bit hazy maybe half a dozen all sitting there and uh they look like they were having a bit of a moment as i approached them like round the fire they're one of the only fires i could still see it looked like a kind of you know sitting around the campfire having a bit of a spiritual moment or something yeah, nice. and lo and behold i walk 
pretty much right through their fire because I'm not in the best shape. So I start <laughs> to approach their fire, walk into it, and they all look up at me with a look that I could only describe as they were seeing Jesus. <laughs> I'm standing practically in the fire, just wearing sandals with a That's long white robe. Yeah, yeah, with your long hair and the beard all bedraggled. So they probably, yeah, they were looking down, sort of and doing sandals. a sandals and then and then they all look up, and suddenly there's the Jesus is in the fire, emerging from the fire. That's, That's what it must have looked like. I just, but I was so kind of tired and like I'd been walking for what felt like forever and they just froze and i it really freaks me out because i thought i'd walk i was like oh i'm so sorry is everyone okay and they were like yeah we're fine and i was like have a good evening (laughs) 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 there was just no communication so yeah if anyone out there was ever at a festival and has a story (laughs) had a vision of jesus Jesus, it was how so yeah that's uh i'm sure there's some other festival stories but you can't really get better than becoming jesus that's pretty cool yeah to be honest if i could be yeah if i could become jesus i'd be a so what the amount i'd had to drink i certainly didn't feel like jesus although my blood probably was wine by that stage There you go, happy listeners. We hope that you had a delicious uh, slice of our head cake. Oh my god, I wish I had to (laughs) Ignore that, everyone. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed us taking reality by surprise. And now it's time for Betty Buys. Good night, everybody. Good night. We've done this before, it's weird. Uh, I'm just going to do the social media. The Electric Head on Facebook. <laughs> Electric Head Comedy on Instagram. Uh, get in touch with us. Tell us your top fives. Uh, Come tell up with us an idea for the end of the podcast. <laughs> A song that we could go say goodbye on. Anything. Well, we have our music. It will start playing now. See? can oh, hear it slowly yeah, fading into the, the foreground as we slowly fade into the distance. Away. Bye, everyone. Bye. I don't know why I wave every time. I can't see you. <laughs>